Hi, I'm Mark Berkler, and we're back to Living Words from the Gospel of John. We are in John chapter 6, which is his year of popularity. And at the end of this chapter, he will not be so popular because he shares something which today we would definitely consider heresy. So we will do a little exploration into heresy um, somewhere during this little podcast. All right, so we're going to share our screen. We're going to pick up where we left off before. <clears throat> we left off with John chapter 6, verse 48 was the last verse we read. We'll just read it again. I am the bread of life. So now picking up with new scripture today, verse 49. Your fathers did eat the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that out of heaven is coming down. Ah, see, I'm reading from the Young's literal translation because I was playing around with this. Let me take this back over to the New American Standard right here. Okay. Verse 48, I am the bread of life. Yeah, I knew when I started reading, that's not quite the New American Standard. All right, verse 49, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Now, of course, we remember he just fed, fed them earlier in this chapter food, all right? Bread, and they're wanting more. So he's going to teach off this. They will live forever. And the bread also, which I will give them for the life of the world, is my flesh. Wow. <laughs> then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will Raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me will also live because of me. Wow. To the uninformed mind, this is cannibalism. <clears throat> With no revelation, no enlightenment, you are going to reject this as a heretic, heresy. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died, but he who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can, who can listen to it? And Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, he said to them, does this cause you to stumble? What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The Lord has really made this verse come alive to me. He's by telling me, Mark, it's the spirit that gives life. <laughs> what you do in the flesh that didn't come from flow, didn't come from me, it's going to accomplish nothing. All right. 
there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who it was that would betray him. And he was saying, for this reason, I have said to you that no one can come to, can come to me unless it has been granted to him from the Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the twelve, what did he say? You must obey me and submit? No. He said, you do not want to go away also, do you? It's like freedom to leave if you want to. No control, no domination, no authoritarianism, freedom. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, well, to whom should we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them that I myself not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil. Now he meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he was one of the twelve, and he was going to betray him. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> this is a this is a heavy passage. If there was any preacher today who said to you, "You have to eat my flesh and drink my blood in order to be a follower of, my, of mine," he would be branded a heretic in the body of Christ. Absolutely, and um, so it really prompted me to to say, you know, maybe I just need to look up the word heretic so I can wrap my head around it a little bit better. And so I did. And um, it ended up being a nine blog series, which I'm going to point you to in a moment. And the ninth blog in this series is going to be me showing you how I came up with a whole nine, the whole, the whole series, because God revolutionized my thinking on heretic and heresy. Um, it took about two weeks, and um, everything I believed about heretic and heresy, I decided was wrong. And I revamped my beliefs completely. And then I thought, wow, this is so important. I need to show you how I did this on ESOR. So it's, it actually became a 40-minute block number nine in this series, which I'll give you the link to in a moment. Um, block number nine is, is 40 minutes of me walking you through ESOR, showing you step-by-step step how I researched heretic and heresy uh, in depth. But for right now, maybe I will just give you step number one, okay? So I thought, okay, I'm going to the Bible. I'm going to click on the search button. And uh, I'm just, uh, we're in the New American Standard Bible. That's fine, okay? And I think I'm just going to look up heretic. Okay, and let's see. We'll look it up in the whole Bible. That's fine. I'm going to hit the search bar, the, the binoculars over here. And in the New American Standard, the word heretic doesn't show up. Because when I hit search, no verses showed up here. And I thought, no, that, that really? I mean, how many people do you have you heard called a heretic? Well, okay, let, let's just go to Young's Literal Translation. We'll put that in there. Because, uh, you know, and we'll click on the binoculars one more time. Heretic does not show up. Now, you've got to be kidding me. So now I'm going to go to King James, all right? King James Bible. And I'm going to click on the binoculars for heretic. It doesn't show up. Are you kidding me? So we've had the new, I got the new King James version right here. I'm going to click on that. 
Click on binoculars. Okay, the word heretic is not in any of those translations, which <laughs> I find unbelievable. So my other possibility is heresy. Heresy. All right, I think I'm going to start with uh, the one that I like the best, New American Standard. Click on this. Search. There's no verse on heresy in the Bible, in the New American Standard Bible. How about the Young's Literal Translation? Click on the search icon. There's no verse on heresy. Okay. Unbel absolutely unbelievable. Well, how about maybe I will go to King James. Got to gotta be a verse, right? Uh, one verse. Okay, one verse on heresy. But this I confess unto thee that after the way, which the way was the name of the first name given to the church, which they call heresy. Okay. That's so the church was initially called a heresy in one verse in the King James Bible. All right, let's just go to this new, the new King James. Do I have the, I've got the new King James here, new King James version. We'll do the search bar. Okay, what is this? Now, this is the modern, this is the modern King James. Well, we got heresy twice. Here's the way called heresy. And after the first and second warning, reject a man of heresy. Well, okay, there you go. That's an interesting verse there. That was a modern King James. What if I just click on that verse right there? It's Titus 3.10. And let's let's go over to the New American Standard Bible. Um, well, let's see. Titus 3.10. Oh, we'll have to go up here. Okay, we're going to close this down. We'll go up here. Titus 3.10. Titus 3.10. And hit enter. Reject a anxious man. Okay, now doesn't call him a heretic. This is a guy who likes to fight. I wonder what Young's Literal Concordance says about that. A sectarian man. Okay. So they've got different words. Factious and sectarian. Okay. <laughs> so got one verse uh, that has heresy in it. And in, in the translations that I depend on as being accurate, they don't have the word heresy. They got sectarian or factious. So I decided to, to look it up, to, to, uh, <laughs> to spend some time. I spent two weeks, believe it or not. I ended up finding 10, two Greek words, one for heretic, one for heresy. And the word one for heretic shows up once and doesn't mean what we think it means. The one for heresy shows up nine times, doesn't mean, well, well it's just a transliteration of the, of the Greek word. They didn't even translate it. They just created a brand new word. <laughs> so... It took two weeks for me to get the pictures out of my mind of what a heretic and heresy was and get new pictures in there that were correct. So I ended up writing eight blogs, taking you step by step through my entire discovery process. And the ninth blog was 40 minutes of me using eSword showing you how I did this. So I think you would really benefit by going through that series. Um, you can type in the search bar at Community God Ministries, type in, am I a heretic? That was the, the title of the first blog, am I a heretic? And from there, it'll take you through all nine, nine blogs. So I do encourage you to do that. I think you'll find the, the use of eSword there very, very enlightening, very, very helpful. All right, so we're going to just share some journaling now. Bottom right corner, 
journaling from the last section of John chapter six. Some possible two-way journaling questions. Lord, I enter your gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I enter your courts with praise. Jesus, you say your rhemas are spirit and life and the flesh profits nothing because in the Greek, where he said my words, I looked up the word words, and it's rhema, which literally means spoken word. Logos can mean either spoken or written word, but rhema just simply means spoken word. So Jesus, you say your spoken words are spirit and life and the flesh profits nothing. That is so contrary to what I have been taught. <laughs> you are right, Mark. You were taught to do your best and to ask God to bless it. I teach to listen to my voice and do what I say and acknowledge that my blessing rides in the carrier wave of, of obedience to my spirit. The flesh profits nothing. My rhemas are spirit and life, and I did nothing on my own initiative, but only what I heard and saw my father doing. The first foundational doctrine is repentance from dead works, Hebrews 6, 1 and 2, which are the works which originate in the strength of your flesh rather than the anointing of my spirit. So listen well. Relearn living. Learn to live as I intended out of daily communion with me. Behold, I have spoken. Behold, it is to be done. Yes, Lord. Lord, you gave the disciples the freedom to leave after a hard saying. You did not try to control them. Are there ways that I need to avoid the spirit of control? Mark, you have shied away from the spirit of control for 40 years. It's a battle you have won. You walk in freedom and you give others freedom. This is an area of outstanding victory in your life. You do not need to police others. You are not you are not to command that they agree with you. You allow difference of opinion without needing to come against others. One can hold a different belief and not cause division. One can present his belief with simplicity and clarity and trust my spirit to witness in the searcher's heart concerning the truth of it. It only becomes divisive when he chooses to begin fighting rather than simply presenting. Titus 3, 9 through 11. We did look up that verse, Titus 3, 10. It's a matter of the heart. It's a heart attitude. This is a heretic. It's a matter of the heart. There must be divisions among you so that those who are proved may become evident. Verse Corinthians eleven nineteen. So holding a countering opinion is not what makes a person divisive. It's having the heart of an accuser, a liar, a deceiver, which is the heart of Satan. And then here is uh, what you want to type into the search bar at cwgministry.org. Uh, are you a heretic? And that'll begin the that'll be the first of a nine blog series, which I think you'll find very very informative. Okay, number and the next one, final. Jesus, you said that he who believes in you has eternal life. What does believing in you entail, Mark? It's more than simple words. It's a decision of the heart to repent and turn and follow me. One turns from living their own life and chooses to do what the disciples did when I said, follow me. They left their own ways of living and they followed after me. So the answer to answer the real question of your heart, which is, <laughs> see, underneath this question, I was, I was wondering, Lord, what about Lordship? And he perceived that. So he said, 
Is lordship part of believing? That's what I really wanted to know. The answer is yes. I have said it over and over throughout my teachings. If a man looks back, he is not worthy of me, Luke 9, 62. Do not water down the gospel to simply speaking the right words. Salvation involves choosing to follow after me. This involves the transformation of the heart, the mind, and the actions. Okay, so that's some of the journaling that I did. And like I say, this went into a two-week side study on heresy, which I do encourage you to take and look up. All right, this is enough for today. So God bless you. This is Mark Perkler signing off.